Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step Yeah, so uh, Kanye, huh? Yes. <laughs> fucking kanye oh man i i just i i don't i don't even know where to go with this honestly because i on one hand feel bad for him because he's clearly like he is surrounded by sickle fans that are like squeezing every every bit out before he like collapses but at the same time, he is like. <laughs> he definitely went off the adrenochrome, and this is the side effect. And I, I don't want, like, this. I think, like, actually, Ben Shapiro had a decent take on this. Oh, boy. It's too bad that it's coming from him, and he's, like, was perfectly fine with him being, like, you know, Mr. MAGA hat and just, like, spewing crazy shit in the White House. But now, because he went up to Jewish people, it's a step too far. But he basically oh, that, said that was the step too far. Yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah, that's when <laughs> that was the Shapiro. step too far. Hey, you can be you can be racist, but like not against me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so he he made a good point that there are people around him who are just using him for money at this point, and that he's clearly having a manic episode. But that doesn't separate from the fact that he is a literal fucking anti-Semite. And I I, I would also like to point out the same people that. Shapiro is making the accusation that Kanye has surrounded himself with who are bad actors. Many of them have floated in the same circles as Ben Shapiro, though. Yeah. So I would argue a lot of Ben Shapiro supporters are anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So welcome back, sports fans, um, to the Second Mouse podcast. And we are we're just in the middle of discussing the Kanye West, Alex Jones interview. Did we? Did we record last week and that was when the Tim Pool thing was happening or was that before? It was happening that night. Oh, it, it was always, happening at something, the same. Something will always happen when we're doing <laughs> our show and then we won't be able to get it into the show. We'll have to talk about it a week later. It's, yeah. But I mean, like, good though. Because Alex Jones um, interview was better because it, it was, was significantly, so it was significantly longer than the Tim Pool interview, which was all, all but like four seconds. Yeah. And and everyone was giving credit to Tim Pool, and I don't know why, because I watched the whole th- I watched the whole like first part. It's only at twenty minutes, and he gives him no pushback at all. On none of these of clowns the do though. But the minute Kanye gets up and all of a sudden walks out, that's when all of a sudden he starts talking tough, and he's like, "I was gonna, I was gonna start like really get, giving it to him. I was really gonna start like." And the one guy. The one guy sitting next Mr. to him, I don't know who it is, who got de, uh, who got deplatformed off YouTube, was like, "Oh, I, I was going to ask Nick Fuentes about um, his comments about 
MLK since Kanye compared himself to and I'm like, no, you weren't. As long as they gave you a good interview, you weren't gonna go after these guys, and now all of a sudden they're acting tough. So Yeah. But, yeah, fuck Tim but, Pool. I mean, we just live in that like it's it's like that juxtaposed timeline that like if you're if you're not with me, you're against me or my the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. So that's why he's getting all this like fucking praise. So Yeah, and I, I just I don't like Tim Pool's a dweeb anyway to begin with. Yeah. And just even like listening to Tim Pool use the words that eventually like upset Kanye enough for him to get up and walk out. It was like, I think you're being very, I think you're being treated poorly by the media. And it's like, you're not being treated poorly by the media. If you're saying that there's a population of the country that does not exist and, um, is shadow people, (laughs) shadow people or is lesser than, and that whole, and, Q, you had mentioned it like that whole thing about like him comparing himself to MLK was just like their criticism were the fire hoses to me. And I was like, you are a soft <laughs> man. Uh-huh. If you wow. think that people criticizing a billionaire is equitable or the same as somebody marching for civil rights to be considered a human in this country there is a serious mental health episode happening where he basically has conflated his entire importance and everything he does is critical to like civilization. Like, no, you know what I, you know what I think the Donda mistake- Academy is not for us. We should hire some little kids just to like, when we mention Kanye, they just sing. Can that be our intro or are we going to get sued for it? We're oh, we would get sued. Yeah, especially him. He'd definitely do that. You can only say Donda three times. Any more than that. <laughs> it's like it's the Candyman. Wait, if, if you say Donda three times, who shows up? In, in If you spin around three times Hitler. while saying Donda in the mirror, um, I'm assuming Kanye's night. mom shows up. I don't oh, know. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think uh, Joseph Goebbels shows up at that point. Um, Singing Donda. <laughs> the, the mistake that Tim Pool made was thinking that this is a grift. Because, again, they've learned how to code the language and they say uh, elite Those society, people, yeah. the deep state, which is like code word for Jewish people. So he only, <laughs> he clearly thought it was like they were in on the fucking joke and like like yeah you're trying to make money too and like realize like oh no you're serious okay and uh, alex jones even when Al- when alex jones is the one kind of sitting there like i don't know what to do with this <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do with this here um and he just had no fucking clue he had he could not handle it cuz he kept trying to like soft sell and like like well kanye you you don't actually believe that you know, and Kanye's like, I love Hitler. This Just was like, <laughs> this was Alex Jones thought like he would be able to like get like coax the actual truth right. out of Kanye, and yeah. this would be his like forgiveness tour with like the world. <laughs> like, please, Jewish people, stop, stop suing me. I know you guys are the lawyers out there. You're, you guys are already taking too much money. I had to file for bankruptcy. Um, look, I got Kanye West to admit. On my show. Yeah. When did Alex Jones become Diane Sawyer trying to like facilitate <laughs> this conversation? And it's just 
like uh, breaking points had kind of like the lowlights of that entire conversation. And when it was happening, I only saw like the especially Hitler comment that he made. But there is so much other wild shit in there. But (laughs) But every time Alex Jones is like, I don't think you actually mean that. And Kanye doubles down. He's like, no, I I did. I mean, I do. It goes to show that Alex Jones never meant anything he said. So no, (laughs) (laughs) no, he's like, man, like I'm just doing this for the money, and this guy is like crazy. Like I will tell you how to sell bone broth. Just, just answer (laughs) me, answer me, real for real. He's like, please, just stop saying you love Hitler, please. Yeah, (laughs) like I'll tell you all about how to use the gay frogs. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's killing the bug out bag industry right now, knowing yeah. that he's associated with Kanye. Oh my god! <laughs> those, those now, what's what's funny though is that there were people back in like 26. This is nothing new for Kanye, by the way. There were people out, like people who worked near him, that said he used to like talk about how much he loves Hitler. So that's why I want to like pull back on no this was and by the way god this came out way before this this is so weird though it's so it's just such a weird fascination well, you, you shared q you shared a tweet from like what 2016 or 2018 it was 2018 i i think they someone photoshopped zach fox's uh profile into it so it, it looks like it was a it was a random account mm-hmm. but yeah basically the gist of it is that I it was 2018. I recommend getting off the Kanye train before he starts talking about how much he loves Hitler. And like, but it it was pretty well known that apparently Kanye had like a fascination with. I think a lot of it came from like the style and the fashion from fucking Hugo Boss and how the SS dressed. Like, yes, I'm sure it was very stylish. If anybody remembers Starship Troopers, (laughs) very much so. Well, I was gonna say like Kanye. Kanye is like went Lars von Trier, but like further than Lars von Trier did. <laughs> like, I mean, like he, like at least Lars von Trier was like, yeah, I kind of fucked up on that. Sorry. Like he just went further and he's like, apparently he loves it. But like the, I hate the argument. And this is definitely why Nick Flintus is using him as a puppet because he's trying to conflate that I am a Christian. Hence that even the most quote unquote, deplorable person in history is redeemable because they're you know i'm a, I'm a christian i i try and find the good in everybody and it's like why are you using fucking hitler as this example use somebody who like it's actually redeemable <laughs> yeah get somebody who's actually redeemable and not one of the biggest mass murderers on the fucking planet who tried to wipe an entire species of people off but it's well, also like where is the love for joseph stalin then you know, where is the love for all the other fucking dick? It's always fucking Hitler. So I don't know. I, I do think there is like a weird fascination with Hitler by so many people, obviously with the alt-right and with the actual full-blown like neo-Nazi sect of this country yep. and others. But also that fascination with Hitler is the like the absolution, the absolute power that he had with people and I think that's the part that fascinates people the most is because there is an assumption that everybody was all in for Hitler. Um, 
that there is like some magic to that. And if you harness it the right way, in the same way, the Ark of the Covenant, if you harvest, if you harness that power the right way, there will be unlimited glory and power and treasure for you when everybody in reality, including the Nazis, get their faces ripped off in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you see that with like historians as well and other people, celebrities, they like, everyone has a weird gravitation to like very negative energy and power because they try to understand it. Like, well, if I could use it for good, it would be like beneficial for all. Like keep in mind Hitler's plan in all likelihood, if it was happening today would not include Elon Musk Dude, or I'm sorry, would it, not include Kanye <laughs> West. Uh, it, it would not include either of them, but <laughs> it would not include, um, Dude, Nick Fuentes either. He, it would not include a lot of people who are openly be, advocating for like that kind he, of power. He would be a nobody because the internet would have ate him up. They everyone would be telling him he's got a piece of shit on his upper lip all day long, and he would just be like, "I give up." Ah, probably for the best. Yeah. Um. So so this is my my fear for Kanye is that he's running out of real estate. So when you don't have it's not like, a fear. you. Well, it's a good thing. if he you're needs, talking about it, he needs for, to fucking fall off the like the the cliff at this point. I think falling off the cliff though is going to be like a permanent fall off the cliff for him though. And like, I hope there's you somebody mean like near jail or like like other more stuff. like a John McAfee fall off like like yeah He's go to another country and like go into hiding kind of or or ends up doing something to himself. But that's you hope that somebody's around him to be able to like kind of reel him in and maybe get him some help. But like he's surrounded by Milo and fucking Nick Fuentes. Not so anymore. Milo quit. Milo quit already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God. Say Bobby what you want about Milo, but he knows a stinker when he sees one. Oh, and by the way, did you see him bring Laura Loomer on? Uh, Kanye brought Laura Loomer on the Infowars interview. She texted him and he's like, let's get Laura on. And I'm like, you're fucking hanging out with Laura fucking Loomer? If you had told me in 2018 that Kanye West would be hanging out with Laura Loomer, I... (laughs) I Yikes! Would have, I, Yikes! Yeah. That's a fake but, name, right? That's a that's a stage name. He's a fake human. Well, so he's running. Out of, so apparently now he's not going to be able to go back on Timcast. Um, what's his name? Not going to have him back on uh, Infowars. I can't imagine Alex Jones going to bring him back on at this point because, like, maybe. Definitely will. So he's going to be doing an interview with Aiden Ross, who's a YouTuber. I uh, looked this guy up, and he's very dumb. But like, why he didn't know what a fascist was? Why does like Kanye West need podcast platforms? Like, why? What is the drive of this? Like, what does he think? Like, every time he does one of these, like somebody's gonna come around. Does he really think that if he just perpetuates these same things that he keeps saying over and over again, it's going to change something? I think he is. He is uh, such a supreme narcissist, probably. I think he believes that he's got God and everybody else on his side, and it's the media who's trying to hold him down. So I will not be silenced, and you will hear me until he like. Because like, I mean, I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that was such an authentic like. Just fucking, I don't. 
God damn it. <laughs> By the way, Aiden Ross's claim to fame is being a Twitch streamer for yes. NBA 2K20 and GTA 5. Somebody so, asked him the other day. Not exactly the Whitman School of Communications at Syracuse University, but oh, close God. enough. <laughs> well, so somebody the other day asked him, do you know what a fascist is? And he didn't know what it meant. Fucking hell. He tried to read it. And like, I think like he's functionally literate, like barely, because he couldn't spell. He couldn't pronounce the word ultranationalist. Um, and he just he read uh, the definition of a fascist, and he's like, I don't know what that means. Does does he strike you as someone who might not have an internal dialogue? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, not this shit again. <laughs> Gatto Gatto's fascina- fascination with internal dialogues. It, I it think that's a fair question to ask. We're gonna have to boot up the Second Mouse Podcast Twitch profile Ooh. and jump in and ask that question. Yay. Do you have an internal monologue? Yes or no? You know he fucking does. You know he's gonna say the Jews stole it from him. And it's speaking with a, his it's speaking with a, his internal his internal dialogue has a German accent. Let's just say that. Oh boy. What if he woke up one day and it was in a different accent and then he was like, Now my views and thoughts are different because oh, you must carry out on mission. Blondie Hitler's dog is the one. Blondie Hitler's dog is the one that's talking to him the whole time. All right, son of Sam. That was the name of the dog, Blondie. Blondie, yeah. Wow. Blondie. Shocking. Und Blondie. (laughs) Und Bex. Und Bex. Um. Do we have much more to talk about the Kanye interview? No, I, I just, I, I just hope he, I hope someone gets him some help. But like, because it's like at this point, it's kind of scary to see how he's just gone off the deep end and it just but it 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 is important like i think it is an important thing when we're talking about mental health in this country because there are people without that type of platform that like literally believe all that type of stuff but it's like i wonder how much it resonates across the country how much blame do you place on pete davidson though for this that him getting cucked by pete davidson is like got to be the genesis of the breakdown point would you give him like 60 percent blame i give him about 10 inches of blame okay 10 inches of blame brian cashman with two inches but that's a that's a penetrating 10 inches <laughs> yeah right through the soft tissue yeah It's it's really the damage all comes from his last name. If it wasn't Davidson, oh my god, he, we probably wouldn't be in this mess, right? Like if his his last name was like you know Tarantino or something, right? He would just be like, oh Italians. Uh, is is Pete Davidson Jewish? They're all I, in the I, mafia. They're all in the mafia, and Italians would be like, yeah, we know somebody. <laughs> hey, don't talk about it, all right? Yeah, that's my my uncle. You're talking about. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if Pete Davidson is Jewish, because. If he is, then this just makes way too much sense. I mean, like, it just seemed like all of that started happening at the same time. But that is that is a fool's errand to believe that one thing causes another thing. Yeah. And and well, this is what this is my kind of my final thought on Kanye. I'm actually glad that he's not very good at this. So the one uh-huh. saving grace, if you watch him, he's all over the fucking place. He'll randomly just be like, ooh, Ari Emanuel didn't like that I just said that. And, like, most people don't know who Ari Emanuel is. For anybody who doesn't know who Ari Emanuel is, 
He is the brother of Rahm Emanuel, who is the former Obama cabinet member. He was the former mayor of Chicago. Ari Emanuel also, by the way, is an agent. He is the inspiration for Ari Gold on Into Entourage. So you can kind of conflate like what he's like in real life. Um, apparently not very good people. The Emanuel family, like kind of dicks. Uh, but like, I don't know what his beef with Con- I don't know what Connie's beef with him is, but he just like he'll randomly just be like, oh, Ari Emanuel, not going to like that. I just said that. And I'm like, no one knows who that is. So he's not a very good propagandist. Um, that's the only saving grace is that he is completely manic and that like most people just look at him and think he's crazy. Yeah. Um, just. I don't have much to say other than. um Donda Academy also had Antonio Brown as like the president. So, who is is there a warrant out for his arrest still? Or there is himself in. You mean yeah, Mr. Big Chest? Mr. Big Chest. Um, is this for sharing revenge porn of Giselle? No, I would assume it's probably oh, that's for another the, thing. The, when he got <laughs> naked in that pool. Oh my god! That was in another wait, whoa, country. Though. Wait, whoa, whoa! He sh- wait what? Shared revenge porn of Giselle. I didn't even hear about this. <laughs> he was, he was, he was sent. Uh, he was sharing pictures of her, like you know, like in in bathing suits. Oh, like modeling like pictures. Yeah, modeling. Oh, pictures. okay, 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 okay. So I took it a little step further there to be edgy. Well, speaking of revenge and, porn, and um, I knew your search history is going to reflect it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of revenge porn, um, this very relevant to the Elon Musk files. Oh God. Very exciting stuff here. Because I'm so exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gato, glad to see... I promise we're eating our vegetables right now. Oh man. So we can I'm, just I'm gl- go to Golden Corral. I love I'm, I love the look of misery in Gato's face when we I'm, talk about this stuff. I'm glad I'm glad to see that like the world is kind of like balancing itself out for like the last couple years of insanity it went through and like these are the last little bits of like the remnants of its insanity that are like aftershock fizzling out. Yeah, they're 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 like the last little embers that are still in that f- crazy fire. Or are they f- the last final ticks before the clock goes off? Is that what it is? This it's, is like it, the 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 post like hungover puke, and this is like the one other time you had to run to the bathroom and you, puke you, up whatever else was left. You know Fair when enough. like the dumpster itself is cooling down because the fire has burnt itself out. But it still that. smells like shit. Yes. That. <clears throat> well, so Elon Musk uh, has been promising this big reveal about what happened with the Hunter Biden situation. For anybody who doesn't know what the Hunter Biden situation is, was that apparently Twitter executives had taken a step to basically flag um, a Hunter Biden story by the New York Post and basically marked it as um, I, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong here. It is that it was good stolen by hacking, correct? Yes. Okay. They could so, not verify where it came from. Right. So the New York Post was running a story about Hunter Biden's laptop. Infamously, it seems like the laptop that he brought in to have service, and then the guy basically just stole it, from what I gather. Either that or Hunter Biden never came back to get it, which correct. both could be Which true. both make perfect sense to me. Yeah. So basically – Trying to um, find out what happened and why did why did Twitter who told Twitter to flag this and basically there were Trump executives like people on the Trump team that were 
retweeting the story and then we're getting banned. So basically suspended. So they put it pretty much that anybody who tried to share it was getting suspended. Turns out <laughs> Matt Taffy uh, basically finds out it was just Twitter executives that made the decision because everyone was kind of waiting for Joe Biden called for it. Or I, But like I so New York Post did put the story out right the new york post posted the story and then basically anybody that was trying to retweet it or share it was like suspended why why does twitter weigh so heavily on this like people can't just go and like check it out on the new york post website like it's not like a thing they can do of course it is because you're not not being able to disseminate it because you're not able to disseminate it oh i'm sorry i forgot that's what that's that's what Twitter's really about. My first my free speech. That's the thing that has bothered me the most about this entire conversation. And there's other things about the Matt Taibbi thread, which I think we need to actually discuss because it calls into question what his role in this was as well, was this whole notion about like Twitter is the only place where free speech can occur. Keep in mind, there's the rest of the fucking Internet as well. And everyone's like, well, Twitter violated everyone's freedom of speech. Like, when was the last time Twitter was a part of the federal government and everyone was, there was bad wording in the Taibbi tweets that was like, the Biden administration has, or Biden's people were trying to get this censored. And they were inferring that the government was trying to get this censored. Please keep in mind that Joe Biden at that time was a private citizen Correct. and Donald Trump was the one who was the government official at that point. And Taibbi also mentions that both people on the Biden team and Trump team have both reached out to Twitter to have posts removed. So this was not just a Biden thing. So I'm, I'm sure it's happening on both sides. It's happening on all sides of any organization. hundred percent. Like the you thing that you exactly got exactly both sides of it. were doing and Taibi says that in a tweet, and then the very next sentence it says, however, and it goes into why the Bidens were doing it incorrectly. Please keep in mind, please keep in mind, the Trump administration was making millions of dollars a day off of like foreign governments and what the fuck's his name? Jared Kushner has a $2 billion hedge fund where the money just magically appeared after he was a government employee and where is our twitter files for that where is them (laughs) well well, and and this is what's so fascinating to me tom is that because taibi actually comes to the conclusion that when it comes to the hunter biden laptop story no one from the federal government reached out to twitter yeah there's no government interference it was the executives who have been fired since right and then ro Khanna, a democratic congressman from california actually reached out afterwards and said hey guys this is bad like you shouldn't be doing this and it seems like there was a disconnect between and this was all done apparently without any jack dorsey's knowing there were independent executives who maybe panicked because they thought it was material that was like stolen or hacked and acted really fast rather than giving it a second for the information to come out but and i'm sorry i'll let you go right after the funniest thing about it is there were some internet sleuths who found who actually checked the posts that were asked to be removed by the Biden team. And it was not anything like Hunter Biden dealings with China. It was revenge porn. 
Yeah. So it was basically James Woods and a couple other assholes posting porn videos that were stolen from his laptop. What does it have to do with anything regarding his dealings with the Ukraine or China? Nothing. So in every aspect, it was the 100% the correct thing to do to ask them to remove that material. I Look, I think what you have really going on here is that there was a group, there, there was an entire, like, there was an entire political party that, that had come to this, like, conclusion that, like, there is this constant conspiracy, this constant, like, you know, suppressing of the truth going on all the time. And they found the, like, cornerstone of an actual, like, event that they could then harness for that. And it came at this perfect time for them. And they completely missed the ball because they started screaming and shouting conspiracy before they even got to look at it because that's how they operate. They don't care about the, they've always been an illusion of truth group, not an actual truth group. And they're, they're, by the way, they're for, still they're still claiming that this is some kind of bombshell. Yeah, and everybody that looks yeah, because again, when all you're getting are headlines and the headlines are damning to fit your points. Yeah, that's the headlines are curating really to make it work. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you have a certain horse in a race, you're going to try to promote that horse, right? Like, yeah, it's. I'm so glad like, though the, that the major outlets have not been covering this, by the way, because yeah. it's a good story. Yep. Also, too, like Taibi, like basically debases himself in order to do this. And we were joking around in the Discord, of, like, was Glenn Greenwald like stuck in a bathroom somewhere? <laughs> um, Let's get his laptop and find out. Oh man, that's Taibi. The, the thing is, though, is that Taibi says that in order to accept. In order to be the one who publishes this information, he needed to agree to certain terms and conditions that were laid out by Elon Musk. The thing is, though, and this is the problem with Substack reporters who don't have to answer to any journalistic ethics, he doesn't have to identify what those are. And that, in some cases, is incredibly problematic because if he had to agree to terms and conditions, that means that there was stuff that he was not allowed to put out. Right. At the same time, though, that also means that he was willing to ignore parts of this story in order to get his fucking payday from Elon Musk and Twitter and SpaceX. And it bothers me that people and you know what's going to happen. There's going to be the centrists out there like, thank you so much, Matt Taibbi, for bringing this to the set front and center. Like, what did you bring to the front and center? Uh, revenge porn of a non-government <laughs> official who we haven't been able to figure out if it had any connections or collusion with foreign governments. Meanwhile, no proof so far, no proof so far. Meanwhile, you have another arm of the federal government that was asking specifically for things to be removed and scrubbed from the internet. And we're not even going to talk about that. It's just going to be like a little footer in a tweet and it's going to be couched in between. Well, the Democrats did it. And the Republicans did it, but whatever the Democrats was doing was worse. That to me doesn't sit right. And which no, I will it, argue they that it is worse when the Democrats do anything like that. Why? Because, because because they are held to a different standard by which they also agree to be on that different standard. So anytime that they deviate or do the the project the projected normal thing to do of that situation that any any side would do, they're considered 
you know, abusing power of some sort. Mm-hmm. But this, oh, I'd agree with no, that. No, ahead, That's fair. And I, I was going to say, Tom, this reminds me of, I believe it was your asshole of last week or your hero of last week, actually. Oh, um, James Laporta. Yeah. Because when you talk about Substack, we're talking about how it's essentially a flat organization style, right? Like you have a journalist and the journalist is basically the entire mechanism for the news outlet, um, except for the part of distribution and, you know, on a platform. And that's exactly what happens here is you get somebody who's their own gatekeeper. So their entire story is now, you know, up there. The, yeah. They're yeah. the filter. Like yeah. essentially they're the creator of the story. They're the investigator. They're the vetter. And then they're the publisher. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about with Kanye was Elon because they, you know, clearly have a relationship. They both have big divorce guy energy. And the funniest thing, yeah, the funniest thing about this is that so Kanye has been permanently suspended off of Twitter and Elon's reasoning for it was that he was inciting violence by posting the swastika that he posted. Now, mind you, he had already taken the post down. Elon had already taken the post down and then he kind of kept posting, but not not the same thing. So all of a sudden he posts a picture of him and Ari Emanuel the the shirtless Elon picture where it's not very flattering. And that was all of a sudden the moment he got suspended. So it seems like Elon just kind of just suspending whoever he wants at this point based upon, I don't know, they pissed me off. But what's funny is that he's, he literally is talking about trying to combat anti-Semitism on the platform. And then he reinstates Andrew Anglin a literal fucking card carrying Nazi. Isn't the editor of the Daily Stormer at one point? Yes, he is. <laughs> and literal pictures of him doing the sig how like not somebody like who gets like, oh, he's a fucking Nazi because of this, this and that. No, a literal card carrying member. So it, it's just it's I don't know, man. It's <laughs> I don't even it, it it just seems like this is what's gonna it's it is becoming a propaganda tool. And, and ultimately, it is like it also just goes to show. I think, again, going back to the Twitter files by Matt Taibbi brought to you by Elon Musk and SpaceX. The problem is, though, is that content moderation is such a tricky thing when it comes to these major media networks that effectively they're not the ones that create the media themselves, like Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, they don't create anything on their own, but it's a platform for people to be able to put stuff out there. The trouble is, though, is because there's so much out there right now, you have content moderation that has to be done. And frankly, a lot of these companies are more willing to go first and say, like, now we're going to take this down until we can have somebody look at it and give us, like, the green light of whether it's something we should be able to put back up. Because they're not willing to take a chance because there's been attributions to tweets and Facebook posts and Instagram posts and things like that that have actually led to violence. And ultimately, these social media platforms do not want to be responsible for the ones that have, like, basically – megaphoned this information out there and i know that the folks at twitter did not make the right decisions but at the same time in that circumstance they felt that this was the right choice to make and i will just say this 
with all of the things that they were able to pick up in two years, is any of it going to matter? Or was it just sensationalized bullshit? I think this is all sensationalized bullshit, too. I mean, the reality is that all platforms by design are basically like full faucet, right? They're, they're absolute, like let everything through. There's no wait incubate period because it wouldn't be attractive to users. And so now they're, what ended up happening was it grew and grew and grew and they're trying to skim out the bad things with a very small net and you just, the genie's already out of the bottle at this point. Right. Yeah. This is why I think when I think this is why people need to if you're a person who's not of the right, you have to ignore any calls for free speech, like because you have to understand it's bullshit. And number one, free speech only is protected to keep you out of prison. You're not you're not allowed to just go and start getting, you know, threatening people on the street like that's just not how it works. But like Twitter account, like Twitter's a fucking business. Now, if you want to nationalize it and you want it to become a utility, then yes, they're going to have to change the the terms of service. But it's a fucking business. They can boot off whoever they want. That's the funny thing is you hear a lot of people that always talk about it being like the uh, um, like the town, the town square, square yeah. type thing. And they try to make it like it, it doesn't make money. It's like they kind of want it to become this this type of utility, this public good thing. But it's like, I don't think that their actual reasons behind that are. It, it's not. They're the, not honest. Like, they're, they, they're not noble they reasons. A bit nefarious. Yeah. yeah. That way. Well, because like, again, you're a violation of your free speech would be you post something like Joe Biden sucks or let's go Brandon. And then you all of a sudden a fucking van pulls up to your house and throws you in and you, your family never hears from you again yeah. that's a violation of your free speech yeah being fucking suspended off of twitter and then being able to go light up a hot pocket and go play fucking madden is not the one thing i will say though and this is actually kind of interesting is that hot for, we're for going twitter, back to hot pockets later <laughs> oh our our heroes of the, the week, main topic of the day guys the hot real pocket. topic that matters hot <laughs> topics I you hear this all the time about this free speech component with Twitter, right? Like, oh, I got deep, I got shadow banned from Twitter. They're violating my First Amendment rights and all that bullshit. But for video games, people get banned all the time, and there is never a call that it's a violation of free speech because everyone has to agree to the terms of service and how to act accordingly when they're playing call of duty Warzone or Valorant or anything like that. Um, and you never hear this like push by specific political viewpoints that like these games are like vehicles of the left and people being suspended are like their their first amendment rights are being violated. It's just very interesting that we hear this argument when we get to Twitter and nowhere else. I I will say that I think the reason that happens though is if you're playing a video game, it is nothing more than harassment while you're doing something else. You're Fair. there to play the game, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to things like social media the game is really to see how far your message can go and so that becomes the component by which people are like if i can like people if you think about it 
with Twitter, people are literally taking a certain number of characters and they are trying to configure it or mold it in a certain way so that it reaches and connects with a certain group of people. And also and can be interpreted by other people too. And and it's all it's it's very strategic. It's heavily crafted. I mean, sometimes it's just fucking stupid rants, don't get me wrong, and that's probably 95% of it, but like at the same time, like people that are all about working in encoded encoded slang or dog whistles, it's very critical that they keep all those abilities open to really mesh out and and take and map you know sculpt essentially what they have to say yeah there's there's also like people who say in a video game so like i'm gonna kill you in a video game you know like to like yeah. try and dissuade like i'm not saying it i'm just oh no in a video game it's not real but it's like it's obviously like you know i think um nick fuentes used to call like them cookies like, oh, don't we're gonna put the cookies in the oven, and it's like, yeah, we get what you're saying, man. Like, yeah, you're talking about yeah. the Holocaust. Yeah. yeah, you went to college for one semester, you're and, not that subtle. And I yeah. think that's the funny thing, is I think that was going on for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that the you know, the alt-right was kind of developing all of these things for a very long time, and then it became mainstream and the left and the center didn't really know how to handle or react to it. And that's why it took on such hold like CRT and, and woke. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like trendy slang, right? Like, cause, cause who adopts that stuff? Right. You know, like the, the dog brain people lacking the internal dialogue are the first ones to pick it all up. And <laughs> I can't stop. I can't get away from it. It's, it's such an intrusive thought. I can't, <laughs> But but seriously, like you know, it, almost like if you have a voice in your head and you don't have a voice in your head. I'll tell you what: if you if you have intrusive thoughts, you have a, a voice in your head. It, it depends so, on what they're saying to you, though, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so weird. Though. They'll get you banned off of Xbox. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. I, I wish somebody would ask like DeSantis or somebody to be like, "What is what does woke mean to you?" Like, what is that? Oh, mean? he gave an example of it. It was oh, like he? the belief that um, a group of people in the United States have had their rights taken away from them or something like that, which so... is like on the nose of exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Woke, which is woke civil rights. <laughs> woke in the original term means to be more alert or to like injustice or racism. Like it's like seeing the subtle like not just the overt racism but like the subtle racism is, too is there then something to be said that like there's two sets of dictionary words then going on here yeah like there's there's obviously there's there's no there's there's not an equivalent language here it's the two different languages that were spoken. welcome to how fox news interprets anything that is done by your government from 2008 to 2016 yeah, that sounds right. I would go further back. I'd say probably uh, the 2000 election. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, like, the the folks on the right are – I was listening to – I was listening to XM Radio the other day because for some whatever reason, we get, like, the Patriot channel for free. And it's, like, the worst fucking channel to have. 
But if you listen to like right wing radio, it's very, very like the language is so strong Mm -hmm. and bothersome to me because they were referring to folks on the left as the enemy. Mm-hmm. And when you refer to people on a particular side of political aisle as the enemy, highly combative and not people highly combative. Correct. And yeah. also like it creates like a militaristic approach to how you're going to respond to it. And unfortunately, like I was driving home from the gym today and they were also talking about like, we need to vote all these bastards out or get rid of them. And I'm like, this is a nationally televised or nationally syndicated radio channel on a like a satellite platform and you're letting people talk like this. It's I I will say that without that I think without that language though, Tom, and I'm sorry for cutting you off there. You're good. I think that that language is one of the only ways in which they're able to maintain the the lack of civility that keeps that base strong because when you start to like the when you start to like not look at people like they're the enemy and you look at them like they're people just somebody else yeah like somebody else you know your your neighbor your friend your family right like then you start to remove some of those hard-coded like um you know fucking viewpoints that they literally need to keep as the agenda for keeping you you know, keeping you on their platform. And that's why it's, we've seen it and we're calling it a grift and we've, it's going to continue to be the grift it is. It's just not a good grift anymore because people are starting to really see the pattern, right? We've, we've all been indoctrinated to it enough to see the patterns now. Yeah. And the language isn't subtle anymore either too. It's, they, you, they have to start escalating what the language is. And unfortunately, like it's, it becomes more and more like violent rhetoric about how like we're not going to have a tr- peaceful transition to power. We're not going to have, we're not going to give people grace. Like the way, I mean, frankly, like Taibi should have done a little bit better job, like saying like, these are people having to navigate unknown waters. And he was just like, no, everybody needs to operate like an artificial intelligence and everything's an if then, or yes. And statement. But what a, I, what a fall! What a fall from grace! I I could tell you clown shoes, clown shoes for that man. Okay, let's let's take our best guesses. When did that happen? And I would say, when when they started saying less, let's go, Brandon. That's when the game was over. That was when mm. that was when the hard coding became. It was dumb. It was like the dumb people were doing it at that point. It wasn't good. It wasn't tactile anymore. And that's when it started dying, in my opinion. Because I I would say the Charlottesville thing, because that was the first time you had both words and symbolism put together in one instance. Oh, that's when you got the connection. Well, I knew I'm talking about when I'm talking about when it all just started falling to shit for them. I think I think think then I think then it started falling to shit for them then. I think that's when everybody was fully aware that there is an equating of one political ideology with the same people that marched around basically saying like Jews will not replace us. Not basically. That's exactly what they were saying. But the imaging was so stark to and so similar to what 
happened in the 1930s in 1930s nazi germany and 1940s nazi germany that it was it was too difficult to like parse the two they were young too they were young they were like it was all crowd of angry white men and i think the the common folk were starting to understand and starting to connect the dots like (laughs) the language that's being used might be like tongue-in-cheek but this is the intent. Yeah. Are we talking about the downfall of like the actual this, party this or populism conservative movement? I That's think, why I, I think let's go. Brandon was that moment where it was like, this is done. This is dead. I think uh, also I, I've said this before, but I think the election denial is also where people start to get real kind of rigged like, election. I think it's fatigue more than anything. I don't I I think I think normal people that maybe like suburban voters that can kind of swing either way get tired of legislating like they're like, no, focus on the future. And by the way, Trump uh, posted on True Social the other day that we should get rid of the Constitution. So, yeah, that was awesome. Um, And then deny it. That was over the Hunter Biden thing. Yes. So but uh, like the rigged election laws basically like suspend the Constitution, suspend elections, make me president, fix it. And again, it's a losing battle because now <laughs> the Republicans have to answer for this and they're getting fucking t- the his people are getting tired of it. And then the people in the center of the of the of the, you know, the, the, the electorate get tired of like, dude, why are we? It's almost 2023 and we're still fucking talking about a rigged election in which you have not presented any evidence for. Still talking about the 2016 election, too, by the way. I, I, I love it, honestly. Oh, you I'm going for it. Keep talking about it. Keep yeah. talking about the rigged election because yeah. all I think that does is force people to go, well, why would I vote in the next one? Like, and right he now. He did this. God, oh, he did this the last time there was a run. I'm starting to think Trump is a fucking Democratic sleeper agent. I, I at this was point. wondering that. I, said, I think I said this a couple of times. This is plan all along. We, man, we, like, trust the plan, guys. The, the, trust the plan. He might have been the greatest thing to ever happen to the Democrats. Dude, there is a fucking runoff election in Georgia going on right now oh. that is going to culminate on what? The tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah. Why so, are we recording today? <laughs> Oh my God! He is doing the same exact thing he did two years ago when Warnock won the last time, and I mean he's literally saying rigged election, rigged election. If I'm a fucking voter and I don't see him like saying like storm the Capitol, damn the torpedoes, then like what are you doing then? You're just yeah. saying it's rigged, and then like we go through this process and you just keep saying it's rigged, and it's like when are you going to do something about it? So he, even his most hardened supporters. Are starting to feel fatigued. I think, and that even, happened in Arizona too. There yeah. was that county yeah. in Arizona where Maricopa. they were like holding out for Carrie Lake and refused to certify their um, district. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like saw election, that. and yeah. the judge was like, "No, you have all the information. You can't prove anything was nefarious happening. You have to certify this election now." And everyone's saying, "Like, are they going to be punished for it?" And frankly, <laughs> they should. They should be punished absolutely. Because if and this was way, a Democratic county, you know for a fact they would by the be way, basically thrown into fucking Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> the Cyber Ninjas in 2020 actually did find there were uncounted votes in Arizona for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. So it actually his tally went up after the fucking Cyber Ninjas got in there. So it's like you're fighting a lost cause, I, but again, keep going. 
I I think you 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 hit it right on the head though about the the like this low energy approach with the rigged election because like the fact that you have such a low energy approach to it makes it already something that obviously isn't like you're just yelling something it's not like it means anything like i could go stand <laughs> in the middle of a fucking club and yell anything i fucking want but it won't change anything until i get up on the fucking dj booth stop the record and fucking <laughs> scream it into the mic go, you know go what I mean? full like, beto you actually have to take table. you have to take action if there's a wrong right you can't just say there's a wrong his supporters do something for it his his most so ardent QAnon supporters are basically waiting for the call to action. Yeah, and the call to action is basically start killing people. Yeah, and like they're waiting the for urge. it, but he he's not doing it because like that's a pretty big step to take, and he'd probably go to jail for it. I'm one of the people that don't think Trump's going to go to jail for any of this tax shit. Like I think people who think Trump is going to go to jail, you're waiting on something that's never going to happen unless he all of a sudden goes full QAnon. Which is a potential. If I, he starts calling for people to kill, start killing people, that's where the I, will be. I, it's funny because I think, um, I think once once he's really like dead in the water after this next election, he will go to jail at some point. I think. I don't think possible. he'll he might, ever. I don't he think might he'll die ever. first. He, he's he probably gonna first. die first. <clears throat> but I don't. But like, I don't they think might, he'll ever see. They, inside he'll jail, be in so. a courtroom. He might be in jumpers. I think at some point because what he's about if so, he's he's. He's so weak at this point. But like that's the thing though, is that what like they're waiting for that. And because he keeps holding off of doing anything like that, going that far, he's ultimately gonna lose everybody because like after a while, it's like you can't tell me to go out and vote and spend my time waiting online for two hours. But that's and then say it's fucking rigged and it didn't count. Why waste my fucking time then? That's why, but that's why I think at some point everyone will hate Trump and yes. it will be the moment where we all come together because <laughs> we basically put him in the giant wooden like statue and then light it on fire, right? Not it, the bees, become... not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes the wicker man. Go full Viking funeral on it. And Kendall Jenner hands out Pepsi's, Pepsi's yes. Uh, and then everyone claps. Yes. <laughs> and then we all what sing Wang Chung tonight. <laughs> no, Let me ask them, you a question. You ever watch the Muppet Christmas Carol? They sing that song from the Muppet it. Christmas Carol, The Love We Found. We'll start, like, chanting together. Let me ask you a question. And if push comes to shove, shove, yeah. does Trump offer up Don Jr. to do his jail sentence Ooh. for him? Goes full fucking uh, Kendall and uh, Kendall Roy. It would, yeah. Which no. one do you think shows the most fealty to him? It's Don they don't. Jr. Eric Baron. at this point. Eric, it, it's definitely Eric. Then. I think Eric needs. He's like him I hated your face the entire time. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think he likes Eric. No. I think I think he hates Eric. But Eric is. And by the way, like during his speech, um, during his uh, announcement speech, I don't think Don Jr. was there. He pointed out Eric. Probably because he's getting, um, he's he's probably working with uh, what's his face? What was that? A uh, QAnon military guy? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, the former general, uh, the former Mike general Flynn. there, Mike Flynn. Flynn. Thank Flynn. you. Yeah, he's probably he's probably like working he, working for Flynn now, preparing for his Don Junior was doing at the White House. <laughs> Don Junior was doing rails in the fucking bathroom, allegedly. The thing is, though, is that. You would think that Eric Trump would be the most liked child because outside of Ivanka, obviously, um, because he looks a lot like him. 
Eric also is the one who manages like the Trump golf courses as well. Mm. So he is the one who is probably the closest to like the one true love of Donald Trump. Like Ivanka's one golf is one a, um, <laughs> and like, he's the Big one that, gap. Yeah. I mean, Eric, it's, basement for Don Jr. <laughs> and he's like, I have another son. Yes. Baron's, Baron's right here. Don Jr. <laughs> By the way, you left Baron in the white house when you left. He's like, I'll just be here. Bro, how great is it going to be when Baron Trump eventually leads the socialist re- Dude, revolution Baron, in this country? Baron Trump has been living in the walls of the Twitter White profile. House. <laughs> Baron Trump's been living in the walls of the White House for three years now. Most of Tiffany Trump has been wandering the halls <laughs> and the grounds <laughs> for years. Baron Trump is going to be the next Bernie Sanders in this country. Just fucking imagine how it. great that will be. I mean, oh, listen, honestly, he's gonna be he's gonna be Bernie Sanders or he's gonna be fucking um Christian Bale's character from American I, I, hope I was gonna say no, then he becomes uh <laughs> Kendall Roy, he starts a rap career. I I really hope he's like Ronald Reagan's kid that just like fucking, fucking hates him. Fucking asshole dad, piece of shit, burn didn't in he, hell. <laughs> didn't he give didn't he give Ronald Reagan pink eye three times? His, His son? son? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I made that up, but let's go with it. <laughs> yes, put it, on, put it on Twitter and ask Elon to verify it for us. Yes. <laughs> I, I just love how New Ron... report coming from Talibi now. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how Ron uh, Ronald Reagan's son just fucking hates his guts. So great. But like he has an adopted kid Patriot. too, right? And who loves his dad. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. It's great. <laughs> um. Do we want to move on to another topic or do we want to keep shitting on it? I kind of want to uh, keep talking about this only because it like you can see it gives God a heart palpitations and uh, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying. You got to have story. a heart to have palpitations. <laughs> yes, let's move on. Um, so to the other a... thing that gives me palpitations. For those who are not paying attention over the weekend, me. there was a North Carolina power substation that was apparently shot to pieces. Um, by somebody who they have not been able to determine who the culprits were, but it left 40,000 people in Moore County, North Carolina without power. And um, there has been speculation that this is an act of domestic terrorism. Um, but ultimately, I don't know how other, how else to describe it other than somebody drove to this substation, shot it to pieces and then left and guys, what do we make of this? I thought we had to worry about the Russians like destroying our infrastructure, but apparently we just have to worry about the crazy people in our own country. Well, so, so there's a lot of the prominent like corporate left people, um, people who are definitely on the DNC payroll, have been pretty adamant that this was done by like a militia to stop like the drag shows from happening, but I haven't seen any like actual proof of that. What a wild take. But <laughs> say that say that one more time. What so like there, you know the you know the Brooklyn dad guy? Oh yeah. Um, and Charlie Clymer and all those other like, you know, really like corporate left people who like were all in on like Pete and Kamala during the election. They have been 
pushing this idea that it was done by either like the Proud Boys or like a militia group in North Carolina. And they did it to cut off electricity to stop like the drag shows from happening. Like the, you know, drag time story hour, all this fucking cultural bullshit that people keep arguing about. Um, and that it's anti-LGBT. And I'm like, okay, like it's not far-fetched, right? Because like the world we live in, but I'm like, I don't see any major outlet talking about this. And I'm not sure where the fuck they got it from. I I There's wonder a correlation and causation piece to that. I, I, yeah, I wonder if it's just like, look, if we get this wrong and we go with the wrong direction on the story, we, we look really fucking bad. So they're actually guarding that until they get more information or more, more actual comes out. So they're doing their job by actually sitting on this and waiting for truth, right? right? I just don't because... get where these people are getting that from. Well, I, there was a, um, there was, I believe it was in Moore County, there was a, drag show that was happening i think somewhere in the county and there were people that were protesting it and they're all dressed up in their like call Commando, of duty yeah they're call <laughs> their call of duty kit with their assault rifles and shit such like an intimidation that. move you know you're weak when you have to dress up like you're the fucking army yeah so there's there's that component of there and i think people are saying like well that happened and then the same day this power station is all shot up there has to be a connection between the two, but there's nothing there that says that. And frankly, if you're wondering if the FBI or the Moore County Sheriff's Office is going to say anything, they're not going to give away anything because the more that they share with the public, the more likely the people who did it are going to be able to get away. But I think the important thing to ask is, is our power grid so like ignored that you, me, Anybody can just drive up, dismantle it or disable it, and then just drive away with no one knowing about it. And this little, these these power grid substations are easily findable, too. I remember um, – was it on – I mean, most electrical companies have a map to show you service, and they note these things, the yeah. locations for it. But, okay, so yes and no with that, too, though, because if you disable one – um, there's still a very good chance because they all work in redundant manners. So if you don't fully take it offline, it will. There's switch gear in place that will instantly turn over to another working unit, um, a standby unit, or there is enough aggregate substations that will reroute the power for your neighborhood or area, so long as your infrastructure, you know, can handle that change. Right. So. Well, apparently they couldn't because there's still like 15,000 people that are without power right now. And you, like, again, I go back to my question, though. Like, this is Moore County, North Carolina. There's 141,000 people who live in that county. You do that to a major metropolitan area. Well, that's what I'm saying is. You, you're going to have a lot more trouble doing it to a major me metropolitan area. That's fair. Because, because there's going to be that much more uh, infrastructure in those places, especially like without divulging too much about how like electrical um, systems work in, in the U S um, anything that's connected to uh, hospitals, airports, um, federal buildings have uh, higher standards by which the circuits or, 
higher levels of of um, resilience to their to their um, circuitry and and to their their power switching. And um, I always wondered that because I'm like, I feel like you would have to put like a strong emphasis on those things to make sure that those things they, never go down. They also, I mean, of course, these also run higher risks. Like federal buildings, airports also run higher risks for targeted attacks. Um, however, it's not likely that those magnitudes can be met by conventional methods. So you do need either a sophisticated actor or you need somebody that's going to be um, with the means to do so. And as long as it's not someone, you know, with like an actual military backing, we're, we're probably relatively safe. However, it's a highly inconvenient thing. This sounds like a plot to National Treasure Three, like Nicolas Cage, like we're gonna we're gonna go into the federal building and turn off the power grid. I mean, they've been talking about this has been one of the biggest um security like it it has been like the top thing on security assessments for the uh US government for, for years, right? Like the Department of Defense has noted like the infrastructure the cybersecurity infrastructure, the um, power grid, the water grid, you know, um, the water systems, these have all been some of our uh, weakest points because typically once they're up and running, we don't pay them much attention unless they start fucking up. And the one thing I will say, Tom, about that substation that is keeping all those people in the dark is one of our big problems with design of substations are a lot of that stuff comes custom and you have to order it, and once it's once you order it, there is a long time to wait because they don't just keep like stock of these things. They're not modular; they're built to custom. Yeah, and that's what um, I was reading an article today. Um, the spokesperson for Duke Energy was saying like this is pretty sophisticated technology that powers the substation, and it's a sophisticated fix. So it's not going to be an overnight thing, and. I know that like attacks on subs like electrical grids and things like that, it's not new. Like it's not something that's just like a brand new concept and it's been done before. But my concern is now there's a blueprint for something like this and it's not necessarily going to go after like a major metro area. You can disable these like small counties or these rural areas pretty easily. The question is why? Like what value? What? And I would imagine the people who did it are probably from a similar county or from the very same place. Like why would you do this to these people? Oh, I mean, you know, who why does anyone do anything they fucking do half the time, right? But I I do agree with you. It's like, you know, once this becomes like a oh, there's a rash of people trying to like demolish or GTA the fuck out of a five G towers sub too. Yeah, substation. Yeah, well, that's been going on for a long time now. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like you know how how long are we gonna go before they do that? And you're right, the people who are end up gonna pay for this ultimately are gonna be the people in the rural areas that don't have as much um, of a, a resilient backbone for their power, right? Yeah. So, you know, and and the other thing is once this becomes a thing, like they're going to protect the grid where? Where more people are. So mm -hmm. they're not going to waste their time on the outskirts as much. So 
If you're thinking about doing this, you should stop thinking about that. Do not do that. Also, you should think about who you're going to hurt if you fucking do this. Because if someone's living on a respirator in that area, or someone has some medical equipment that needs power, you've basically killed them now. And, um, you know, I don't know how much that's going to wear on you. And with temperatures like above, like just above freezing as well is a bad combination, especially with people who are not like they're not accustomed to like cold weather in that capacity. I'm not saying that people grow like used to like sitting in a house where it's 30 degrees, but people need electricity. People need power. Maybe they don't need a cable internet, but they do need the ability to keep their homes, especially for older populations in isolated areas like Moore County has. And you only cause problems for those folks. I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, if someone does do this, there's also a good chance of it blowing up on them, and they will probably die, because when you create something, like, like you do something like that, like, it, those things, when they go, they really go. They don't hold back. Yeah. It is going to be a big explosion, and it's going to fucking literally tear you to pieces. Yeah, you'd have to do it when you're not there, right? Like, you'd have to really, like, do, like, a controlled... Yeah, like looking at the yeah. attack. Well, you look at like the the way it was. These were not sophisticated attacks. These were literally people driving through a gate and then shooting at trans transformers and shit. And it's like, yeah, you're gonna damage it, and then what's gonna happen is you're gonna create a ground arc, and it's gonna fucking annihilate anything. Like if it rained just earlier, and the g- soil's fucking wet where you're standing, you idiot, you're gonna fucking fry if a fucking live line hits the ground. You. F- Fucking people are dumb, man. Like this is not the way to go. Do not do do not make this a trendy idea. You will you will surely fucking regret it. Or make it a trendy idea and we could do some Darwin award shit for like domestic terrorists. <laughs> man, Darwin. I, I don't Darwin. want to weed out our domestic terrorists that way though. <laughs> Darwin Darwin is like long, what, what's what's the elder ball's name? When he said he beat Michael Jordan, he was like undefeated, never lost. LeVar Ball. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Darwin's like undefeated, never lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Do we want to move on to another topic here? Sure. Do we want to do our, uh, do we want to have our dessert with the NFL? Haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Does that mean you're uh oh sorry, you were looking for commanders. Yeah. I was waiting for Tom to do it, but you know, fuck me, I guess. Well, I mean you said more than like ten seconds of the song and after that we get copyright. Oh, I got it, got so. it. I don't think they're listening to for, for copyright purposes. I think they're already working on another banger, so sick. Um, I got yeah. my big hat. Big hats, baby. Big, big hat energy. My man Brian Robinson has big hat energy. Was the, so so Tom? You joined in with us um, on a Giants game because your Commanders were facing us. Go uh, Manders! Has to be one of the most frustrating games on both ends. Am I wrong? Um, I think it's frustrating for a couple of different reasons. One. From the from the Manders side, the penalties. <laughs> that's were, not gonna catch. That's not gonna catch on. 
I, I'm gonna make it happen. I kind of <laughs> like it. I like it. Manders. The Mandos. <laughs> the Mandos. He's like the Manders. All right. So yeah, the penalties. Yep. So the penalties were a big problem, especially on the offensive line. That was the really frustrating part. Um, yeah. And I don't fault Taylor Heineke's play. I think he did a pretty good job, especially closer to the end of the game. I think my criticism comes with the Scott Turner offense that was basically like the most softest version of like NFL rookie mode when we're playing Madden, where it's like, we're going to run the same four plays over and over again and see what happens. And it wasn't until the end of the game, they started to open things up. And then I imagine for giants fans, the biggest, and well, also for Mando's fans, the fact that they were not able to stop Daniel Jones in the first half when he was just able to run for like stupid yardage and no one was around to catch him. Fortunately, they started to scheme for that in the second half, but at that point the damage had already been done. It was a seven nothing game that went to 2020 solely because Daniel Jones was able to just move the, the ball down the field with his legs. I imagine though, for a giants fan, the frustration is truly because of the penalties that team had with John Feliciano and that stupid fucking taunting penalty, which that frankly it should have gotten him benched. Like my so, eyes, it should have gotten him benched. I, I don't like the inconsistencies though, from one team to the next, because Jamar chase yesterday was doing like a whole like taunting thing and nothing was flagged. So it does what, seem like there is what, yeah. Team, oh, who was that doing that yesterday? There was that was, entire, that, was that was Jamar chase. I that was just Jamar chase. I, 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 I want to saw him another, do something. Oh no! You know what it was? The Raiders game. If you watch the clips of the Raiders game, they they kept doing this into the faces of the Chargers players mm. the entire game. Yeah, so. and it seems like it's it seems like there's a double standard. It seems like some some guys, and I mean, I, I guess offensive line and you know skilled skilled you know receiver. You know, the receiver is going to get more leniency because of just you know they're they're the product that sells in the NFL. But I'll <clears throat> do it like two yards away from a ref. Like, yeah, I, I, listen, you're not going to get anybody who's a less of a fan of John Feliciano than me. I think he's one of the key guys on the NFL, uh, the offensive line, who have not done a good job. But I, Tom, I, I, I agree with you. I think the biggest ire is the offensive coordinators for both end. Um, Scott Turner and Mike Kafka, who, you know, Crypto Kafka, who has been fucking maddening the last few weeks. Now, the biggest one is, I think, the most prevalent thing to kind of take in mind is that the entire game, God, I think you'll agree, Giants were far too conservative. And running the ball, and this has been the last few weeks that, like, first down, second down, they're running the ball both downs. They know Saquon Barkley is getting the ball. You need to be able to present a threat that you're going to go down the field. And then Kafka waits until it's a tie game. It's the fourth quarter. There's two fucking minutes left. And he makes a great call of we're going to go downfield. Darius Slayton fucking drops it. Sadly, nothing new. Nothing against Darius Slayton. He's been playing really well. He's been the only consistent threat we have. But the man has the second highest drop rate in the fucking NFL. So it's like 15%, are, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like he's six or something. I mean, last year, that Pittsburgh game, he had that fucking wide open catch in the end zone and just like it was like a fucking punt and he dropped it. Now, granted, the ball was not perfect, but you get two hands on it. You got to bring it down. 
okay, you made a fucking bold move and it almost fucking paid off, right? Don't do it again. Like, they know it's coming this time. He literally does the same play to the other side of the field. And was that that one where Slayton was like pushed out of? He bounds? was kind. There was some. There was some hand fighting, and I don't think there was any penalty there. No, there. I don't think there was either. Um, and then you know you limp on third down, and then now you're giving them the ball back. Like the whole point is, on that drive, the emphasis has to be, we want to attack you to get down the field into field goal range because Graham Gano is you know great. But the problem is you don't want to be too aggressive and leave the commanders enough time to be able to strike down the field and potentially score and and you lose. But what drives me nuts also is that in overtime, they played not to lose. They basically were just like, well, it looks like we're going to tie this game and it ties it better than a loss. So they like basically didn't even really attempt any big plays. They were just kind of just waiting for the game to end. Both teams were both teams seemed like they were just waiting for the game to end. And then like, and oh, the second. Well, 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 to be fair, you should expect that from a Ron Rivera team because if they could go 500 every <clears throat> year for the rest of Ron's like coaching career, eight, nine, nine, and eight, he yeah. would be like just alternate. Do, every do year. both teams end up eight, eight, and one? Is that what happens now? It might be, it might be. I but Gatto, the rationale at the end of the fucking first half. Every single fucking game, it seems like this team's like, we're only, we only want three points. We only want three points. And that would have made the fucking difference. They had three timeouts. They had two minute warning. So they had basically had four fucking timeouts. They were driving down the field and then all of a sudden they get into like the 20 yard line. And they're like, I, I give up. I mean, I think, I think if you're like watching this game as a fan of either team, you're just, you're really watching the glaring disappointments of what your team's capable of. And you're frustrated because all those predictable things about your team are just coming to the surface and you have to watch it for, yeah, you have to watch it for a fucking hour. And uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely brutal. Um, I don't understand why the giants have gone from a team that had nothing to lose to to being a team that like now thinks they're going to lose everything. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is that that is the nail right on the head Gatto. And I was going to make this observation in the first like 5 weeks of the season the Giants played like they had nothing to lose. Like it was all house money at that point. It was like we have Daniel Jones, we're going to maximize him the most that we can and we're just going to see where it goes. And you can see over the last maybe like what 4 weeks the play calling has gotten a little bit more the play calling has gotten more conservative. They're less willing to take shots downfield. I mean, 25 for 31 is, is good numbers what for, was 200, for what 200 was yards though. Yeah. Not so much. What like, was his average per attempt? Do you know, it's probably like two or three yards a piece. It's fucking a, awful. But I mean, I think like the arm is there with the slate yeah. and throw with the what the one on the left side of the field and the one on the right side of the field, it's clear that the throws can be made. And if Slayton catches that first one, it's a different ball game. They the win. problem is though, is they're not willing to trust him. No. And then you go to the other team. Scott Turner is like, I don't know what the fuck his dad has on Ron Rivera to get his son that job, but it's very similar. Like, Way too conservative in the first half. And frankly, Washington could have ran away with it 
if they oh, were just yeah. willing to like try some shit. To I, be fair, though, the Giants' defensive line pass rush was solid, and it was pretty clear they were able to just create <clears throat> enough pressure on Heineke with four guys. And I'm shocked that Kayvon Thibodeau only has two sacks thus far because great. he was coming all the time. And, no pun intended. And, and at the end of that game, <laughs> I felt like he's coming all game, guys. <coughs> at, um, Aziz Ojolari. He will not bad. stop coming, by the way. Dude, and he almost single-handedly won that game, actually. He, he, he was the only the one game. that wanted to win that game, I think, at the end. There were, there were two, <laughs> like – Balls that Heineke was throwing that were tipped out of his hand that one of them was a fumble and the other one could have been picked off. Like, and that was all defensive line pressure. And yeah, to waste that on 25 for 31 for 200 yards. Like I know there's the, the cupboards pretty bare with the giants right now offensively, but like you got to fucking scheme something this better is, than that. This is what's driving me insane is because this season has been we go into next year we have 11 draft picks next year we have about 80 million in cap room next it's year a lot of linebackers you're going to draft <laughs> <laughs> this year i think joe shame was just like i'm patching this thing together with fucking duct tape because he had like 15 well, million well, i mean we've spend. talked we've talked about that with uh, the dave gettleman poison pill but you're right, though. Expectations drastically change at the bye week. You beat the Green Bay Packers. You beat the Baltimore Ravens. You hold your 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 place with the Cowboys, right? And you start saying to yourself, like, maybe this team is actually going to be good. And then you realize, like, no, they're fucking talentless. Yeah. There's really nobody on this team other than a few guys. Xavier McKinney, he gets hurt on the fucking bye week. Yeah. Um, then we, uh, you know, we, gets hurt on that punt return. And I wanted to kill Brian Dable because yeah. he fucking puts a Dory Jackson, your top corner at punt returner. And oh, it's like, that's the easiest way to get him hurt. What happens? He gets a fucking knee injury. Now he may not even be back for playoffs. I mean, unless they're this good at perfectly culminating to, to get to the certain point where they were like, we only want to win this many games to show that we're already going in the right direction. And now we're going to tank the season for draft picks. Like, well, this is that's the only thing I well, can think. And this is the moment. If they're going to decide to tank, tank hard from here on out. All right. So this right? is, this is a good point, Gatto, because the big blue banter podcast I listen to, they're very good at breaking down the games and all that. And, one of the main hosts, Dan Schneier, basically said this in the beginning of the season. He said, they asked, what's the worst case scenario for this season? And he said, the worst case scenario is that they come out hot because Daniel Jones is doing things that they're not normally doing with him. And then all of a sudden, midway through the year, teams kind of pick up on it and they start figuring out what they like to do. And they really focus hard on that. And then they finish with a nine and eight. 10 and six record missed the playoffs. And then now we don't get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah. Mm. And that's exactly what's going to happen because right now the Texans are going to get the number one pick in the draft based on how everything's going. They are crushing it in that that's respect. going to be Stroud or Bryce Young. And then I think number two right now is the bears. So not going to be a quarterback, but then I think number three is like the Panthers. So it's like, you're not getting They're definitely that. taking somebody. Yeah, well, the Baker Thurs, Mayfield. man, the Thurs. Rip RIP Baker Mayfield's career in Carolina. 
Um, so, so this is, this is honestly the worst case because I would have been cool with getting our asses kicked in the first half and then show a little life in the second half. Now we're, there are people talking about Mike Kafka getting like fired. And I think that's extreme because like their cupboard is bare. He needs to, this is his first year of home plays. And that's, and that's the problem is when, when you perform for the giants fan base, they will get high expectations of you, and then they will demand that of you too. And I always talk every year. How Q? Do do I not say it every year? The Giants are going to build us up to yep. the point where we believe in them just enough to take that hope and turn it into a dream crush. When I die, Ugh. when I die, I want the New York Giants to be my pallbearers, just so they can let me down. One last time. Damn, son. <laughs> I felt that right in my soul. It's happening. It it it's it's just and it's also because they walked into the bye week with a chance to get healthy, right? And a chance to get going. And then you had the Texans and the Lions right off the bat. And then okay, we got the Cowboys, and that sucks, right? Because the Cowboys are gonna fucking crush us, and they did. Cowboys are good. They're really good. Can we not? <laughs> can we, not we can't ignore the fact that they're really good. I hate how good they are. Just rolling on teams right yeah. now. They, uh, they they rolled on the Colts. Let's calm down. Yeah, no, but they, no, they've been they've, they've been, been rolling. rolling though. They rolled the Vikings. Yeah, like two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. They were also talking about Dak Prescott being replaced three weeks ago. So like. This is again. Let's not fall into the poison pill that is the Dallas I'm, Cowboys because everyone glad. does this all the time. I'm glad, by the way, they're hot at the wrong time. Yes, they're getting hot right now. They're gonna walk into the playoffs and they're gonna get fucking beat by fucking Brock Purdy and the 49ers again, and, or or Tom Brady's fucking decimated corpse at, at in Tampa. God, that team sucks so much. Ass. <laughs> they're so bad. But, I, can, um, I, can I go back to one more thing about the yeah. the Mandos? Yeah, of course. The Durs. I, I really Durs. hope <laughs> the only thing that changes about that team is like the aggressiveness because I think this is an opportunity. They were not predicted to be anywhere near the playoffs, and they were sitting on a seven and five record, now seven, five, and one. The likelihood that all four teams are gonna get in from the NFC East is Right now, as it sits, says it's going to happen. It's not going to happen, and no. I don't. And I think the the Mandos are going to be on the outside looking in. Why not go for broke and play every game aggressive and fast? Like Brian Robinson's playing really well right now. Terry McLaurin is having a career year. If he yeah. ends the season good is good. on the same pace, he's going to have a 1,500-yard receiving and season with, like, here's, here's double digits good. touchdowns. Brian Robinson gets better every week, too. But Terry Antonio McLaurin. Gibson, Antonio Gibson too, yeah. is a lovely addition. The but, Terry, problem Terry, is, but Terry, though, is the engine, though, because he yeah. was he was eating Fabian Moreau's lunch all day, like, oh, yeah. I mean, just destroying him. And well, that's this- the thing, though, is that when Carson Wentz was the quarterback – that was not happening. It was when they made the switch to Heineke, his numbers went through the fucking what is, roof. What is that, though? Because, like, even, like, C.D. Lamb in the beginning of the year with Dak was getting nothing. And then all of a sudden, fucking the red rifle comes in and he's just feeding them. Like, all these backup quarterbacks are coming in and being the thing that 
helps the you know the, the star receivers get going. It's weird. My theory is those guys know this is our star player on offense. And if there's one person I'm going to throw to and I'm going to throw a pick, it's going to be trying to get it to that guy. Yeah. Like the last thing you want to be is whoever the backup for Cooper Rush. The last thing you want to be is Cooper Rush throwing to like the the number three guy on the depth chart at the wide receiver position and getting picked off. Yeah. Like if you're going to get picked off, you're throwing a fucking CD lamb. Because I- the <laughs> alternative is he's going to take it to the, t- to the end zone. I- I think that's exactly Tom. You hit it right on the, the the nail on the head there because, like, why? Like, if you are the the backup, right? Like, you you are trying to get the big payoffs and get off the field as fast as humanly possible. So yeah. go use the star power, which is what like us like a star quarterback is not necessarily thinking that, right? Yeah. Because they're like, I need to be the coordinator i'm the team leader on the field right you see that's where i would disagree with you though because if you look at the star quarterbacks out there when they have a star receiver it's always to that guy it's the mid-tier guys who are trying to make a name for themselves that are like you know i'm gonna pass i'm gonna move the ball around to everybody and they end up like being throwing like 10 picks and 10 touchdowns by midway point of the season but that's when everyone hates them that's probably the illusion of what's going on though right like Mm -hmm. Like the good quarterbacks realize this. Like the so, the, the mediocre ones just flounder with the concepts. So I think they need to be the ones to be like the my ability to be successful is based off of like my ability to distribute. You're not a fucking point guard mm-hmm. though. Like <laughs> like when Tom Brady and Randy Moss played with each other, it was mm-hmm. Tom Brady to Randy Moss all the fucking time. When it was yep. Julius but- jo- Julius um. Julius Jones in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, it was them all the time. But but would you say that in our current landscape of like how an offense operates, right? The the starting quarterback is taught a totally different way of play. Um and I think a backup is just told, you're gonna just do what we tell you to do, right? And I would agree with that. And, and I that- and and I think too, to add to your point though, I think it's the backup quarterback, they assume that person doesn't can't process fast enough because if they could, they'd be a starter. So here's your job. On this play, you're going to throw it to this person. If not, you're going to throw it away. Yeah. Unless somebody is like wide fucking open and everything is broken. It's it's almost like being too smart for football. Yeah. I want to point out something about the Cowboys. It's not shocking to me that this started when Zeke got injured. And all of a sudden, Tony Pollard, who's been the best back there for the last – he, by the way, I'm going to ride him to two, the fantasy two seasons, championship. Three seasons. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ride him to the fantasy championship in our league. Um, so it's not shocking to me that all of a sudden a functional running back out of the backfield who can catch the ball and, and pick up big gains. By the way, Tyron Smith was just activated today off IR for them. So yeah, already like- fucking rolling and you're getting a Hall of Fame tackle who, although he's been injured a lot over the last few years, is still an upper tier guy. So did you see the picture of him in practice, though? He had the two like elbow braces, like the long ones on both arms. And he, he had like the cushion. Badly. Like he looked like he was a fucking transformer. Like where is like Megatron? 20- How old is uh-huh. he? He can't be more than like 28. His 29. first year. 
was I think 2011? our senior year of college, Gatto. I think it was 2011 draft. No, yeah. um, he came out the same year as JJ Watt. 2010. Oh, 2010 then. So it was 2010. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, 2010. So he's, and I think he was young. I think he was like a sophomore at USC when he came out. So he was like 20. So he, he's at most like 30, 31, maybe. Yeah. And he's like the last few years, he's fallen apart. Uh, but it's just like they're so well coached, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, so playoff picture right now for the NSC Philadelphia, obviously clear cut number one. Minnesota, clear cut number two. They would end up getting the buys. Uh, 49ers at the third seed, Bucks at fourth, Cowboys at fifth, Giants at six, and the Seahawks at seven. So the commanders are on, just on the outside looking in. The biggest fear for the commanders is number one. Um, the Seahawks because of the fact that they've just been rolling lately. And also you got the Lions and the Packers on your, on your tail. So those are two teams that have been I, I relatively high. I say the Giants don't make it. The Lions, the Lions come in. My I am very impressed with the Lions, by the way. Yeah. And Campbell, man. Big props. Kneecaps. Right yeah. kneecaps. Their fucking run game is fucking ridiculous and that offensive line i saw an all 22 view which is like from the court like the back of the quarterback angle mm-hmm. and they just fucking move people so that offensive line is just nasty are do they have the best running core right now in the nfl it's who, would, swift and who else jamal it's between them and what tennessee maybe? philadelphia oh philly yeah yeah philadelphia but that's that's um that's Hurts powered though. Like if we're talking running backs, like yeah, pure pure running Miles, back. Miles Sanders had like a hundred and something yards last last week. He was uh Yeah, but like Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are just tearing it up. And if one's if one's not doing as much, the other one is Jamal Williams has fourteen rushing touchdowns. He's super good. They by the way, if I if I must toot my own horn, one of the best hand handcuffs I've ever done. Yeah, Smart. Smith, Jamal Williams. Why did the, the Packers should have not let him go? That was dumb. Yeah, I never under really understood that why they did that. AJ I mean, Dillon Jamal Williams is... with like 700 rushing yards right now. I mean, Green Bay has always had run game be complimentary, and that's True. a problem. <laughs> but yeah, I and and I mean, Swift is in his own right very talented too. So, and then Amon Ross St. Brown is a fucking stud. They have yeah. the pieces there to be and Hawkinson now. Oh no, Hawkinson's gone. He's in Minnesota now. DJ Shark, yeah. DJ Shark, yeah. But th- th- that offensive line though is really like—I mean, between Penny Sewell and Taylor Decker at tackle, just—I mean, Frank Ragno is arguably the best center in the league right now. He's just so fucking powerful. Um, I, I so- will. Say- when we get to draft time, though, I think everyone has been saying like, "Well, Detroit's going to draft a quarterback." I'll tell you right now, like Jared Goff is not the problem for this team. No, but remember, they also have two picks. They have the Rams pick as well. And now the Rams pick is going to be like a top five pick because Matt Stafford's gone. But so they're going to have two picks in the first round. So they could technically take a young quarterback to sit behind him. And then, but he's also, he may not be the, the root cause of the problems, but he's not very good. He's not terrible. But he's not going to be the one who's going to win an MVP. But considering the quarterbacks that Detroit has had 
since Matt Stafford and before Matt Stafford, like this is a nice old, this is a nice middle ground where frankly, there's a guy in Minnesota who's basically stealing money from the Vikings for doing even less than what Jared Goff is doing right now. I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to disagree with that. Why not? (laughs) I, I listen, I know Kirk Cousins gets a lot of shit, but he did. At the end of the day, he this Kirk Cousins reminds me kind of like Eli in the narratives in the last, you know, those years where Eli like 2013, 20, you know, 2012 to 2015, when he was just like feeding OBJ, he gets that he gets that offense moving and he knows where he knows he knows how to get the ball well to Jefferson and Thielen and now obviously Hawkinson and Cook and all those guys. He 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 moves the he moves the offense pretty well. I think I think he may not be a flashy quarterback type, but he's pretty effective. I mean, my one thing is you could give him like fucking you could give that team Mac Jones and he'd probably look like a stud. Maybe that with that talent at, at you know catching balls from him. Yeah, I will maybe. say I will say if you didn't like twenty five for thirty one for two hundred from Daniel Jones, why do we like twenty one for thirty five for one seventy three and a touchdown from Kirk Cousins? I, I don't listen. Okay. So I want to clarify the Daniel Jones stuff. I don't dislike Daniel Jones, but it's very, but you troubling. won't ever love him. No, because, well, because he will never is, be the one. <laughs> it's very troubling that we are on a, our third administration with him. And by the way, the most competent one, sorry, Joe judge, fucking Joe fudge. And it seems like they don't trust him to deliver the ball at the end of the half when they're in the red zone. If Brian Dable and Mike Kafka don't trust him, then what am I supposed to believe with him? What am I supposed to think? Don't think. Just let your inner dog brain take hold. <laughs> this is the problem with Daniel Jones. When he is a, a very good on-script quarterback, so when the situation's perfect and the the read that he has is there, he's great. But the problem is he doesn't – he's not Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, if it's on script, it's off script, play breaks down, doesn't matter. He'll move around. He'll do whatever he has to do to make the play. Daniel Jones, the minute the play breaks down, it's panic time because he doesn't know what to do at that point. He doesn't have that second instinct to be – so like, yeah, 25 of 31. You're still averaging fucking three yards per fucking attempt. I'm pretty sure any quarterback in this league, like Case Keenum, could do that. If you're just throwing little little ducks, you know, but like, yeah, he's throwing a propensity to throw the ball deep and do it pretty effectively. But it seems like every coaching staff he's ever had doesn't trust him to do it over and over and over again. So it's hard. You have to start wondering who is the real problem? Is it the three different coaching staffs or is it fucking Daniel Jones? Yeah. I mean, even after two, you have to ask that question. Who's the problem? Yeah. And, and I would... fucking Pat Shermer is no fucking slouch as far as a play caller is concerned. And he's not Pat, great, but he's not bad. Well, Pat Shermer offenses when he was the the offensive coordinator scored points. I bet the Denver Broncos would take him back in a second at this point. Yeah, um, we'll get to that. Trust me. <laughs> um, I'm wondering though. Like, granted, the Jets lost yesterday, but Mike White did put up some pretty decent numbers again. Do you think they trade him in the offseason to finally give Zach Wilson? the the runway that he deserves or are they going to roll with Mike White moving forward barring injury 
No, because Mike White, they got him cheap. Mike White was a, a late round pick for the for the Cowboys a couple years back. So he's he's on a relatively cheap contract. They actually might pay him a little bit more to keep him around. And I think because they they want to have a backup plan, because I don't think they're ever gonna trust Zach Wilson at this point. The minute you do this, the minute you bench him midseason for another guy, and you saw do you see all those Jets players wearing Mike White shirts? Yeah. Like they've bought in and like they weren't doing that for Zach Wilson. I don't think I think Zach Wilson's gone at the end of this year. I think they're gonna trade him. That's that's interesting though. Because I, think, I, I, I would be curious if there's a team out there who's like, yeah, let's do that. I would not 40, be shocked. 49ers. 49ers were the team that I was thinking of. Yeah. And honestly, he's a, he's a Shanahan style quarterback. Well, my other thought too is like, where else could he possibly go? And I'm wondering if there's a team out there that's like does not want to invest in drafting a high quarterback, like a high end quarterback, but they want to just take a shot with somebody. New Orleans Saints might be that one. That's not a bad one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I, he doesn't he kind of doesn't Zach Wilson kind of remind you of Jimmy Garoppolo in the in play, play style? No, he reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes is blacked out drunk playing. <laughs> Mormon Mormon Mahomes. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, the Mormon Ryan Leaf more like it, but oh, Jesus Christ, man. He but I I think he would benefit from a change of scenery, but he's got I I I question whether or not he's got the mindset to play the play the play the position because he uh he doesn't seem like he's well liked on his team. That was a that was a thing coming out. People were talking I I remember I hate the pre-draft stuff sometimes, but I hate when it ends up becoming accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about him not being a captain and like, I think, was he the one with the birthday party that no one went to? And everyone was like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Am I wrong about that? I could have swore that Zach Wilson, they, one of the knocks on him was that people said like he had a birthday party and no one came. And Jesus, uh, that's like my perfect day. If no one shows up. Yeah. So day. yeah, no, it was an article a couple years back. Um, so uh BYU Zach Wilson was not a team captain players voted for yeah so basically there was there was a knock on him that there were some questions about his uh leadership abilities because he was he was not a team captain and apparently a lot of players didn't go to his birthday party and I always look at that stuff and I'm like I don't fucking care you know because like Johnny Manziel was well liked by his teammates and like look at how that went doesn't really mean anything yeah whether you're liked or unliked does not determine whether you're a quality quarterback it's the production on the field like the being liked part is really important if you're a backup quarterback right now you want your quarterback to be well liked but it's not the defining characteristic that's going to make them a good player or a bad player uh but you start to see like he doesn't seem like he's very well liked i mean like they're fucking wearing mike white fucking Mm t-shirts mm-hmm and it just seems like he captured that moment and he seems like he's like a lunch pail type of guy. So um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think Zach Wilson's long for the jets. I think they're going to move on Mike white. And then they'll probably find another guy in the draft that they can sit for a couple years and ride Mike white as long as they can. It'd be very interesting to see what happens with Zach Wilson come the off season and, and where he ends up going. Um, but I think 49ers is probably a good one right there. He reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, I have not watched enough Mike, 
like Zach Wilson games to like get a good comp on him. But frankly, the returns have been booty. So it's hard to watch those games. I, I told my Jets, I have a friend who's a Jets fan and we were watching a game together a couple weeks ago. And I said to him, I like, I'm, I'm like telling him like, I, he looks like a guy who doesn't, who keeps trying to make a play, but doesn't know how to. And it's like he just looks lost in like he just keeps rolling around, but he doesn't know where to go. It's very and, Johnny Manziel like. Yeah. And I'm like, I just I just don't understand what he's fucking doing. And like it like not decisive, doesn't know like to like doesn't understand throwing the ball away. And it's like he just takes unnecessary sacks and it's just like maddening player. Mm-hmm. And like it just like I'm like Mike White at least like understands the functionality of offenses, you know. I mean, the returns immediately are two games over 300 yards. Granted, he threw two picks in this game, but they were down the whole time, though. Yeah, and I also think you kind of look at the Vikings. They they have a pretty decent. I mean, they give up a lot of yards, but like they're not like they're not a terrible secondary. So, um, and they were also behind the jets were behind for most of that game. So you're con like, they know you're going to throw. So it's not like you were dictating the offense. So, and Garrett Wilson is back to having fucking monster games Man. too, where he wasn't doing that with Zach Wilson. Like, Nope. The two games that Mike white has played, has been five for 95 and then eight for 162. So keep them. Uh, last game I want to talk about is um, Broncos Ravens. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's cry. 10 um, 9 was the score. Do I have that right? I feel like that's what the score is every week in a Broncos game. They have yes. to be the lowest scoring offense to stay afloat ever. Yeah, and the Ravens won that game without Lamar Jackson in as well, who hurt his knee in the first half and did not return. And Tyler Huntley ran the show after that. But fucking hell, if if I am a Broncos fan, I am going through like the kinds of emotional trauma that you only see with people who are like in severe car accidents. Like this is torture. Nine points. It's 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 that you basically sit on the cusp of a team that should be cruising on a lot of these teams. Not saying the Ravens, but they should be cruising on teams, and <clears throat> they're barely scraping by in these boring hour-long, you know, three-hour-long burners that just... Ugh. Yeah, I don't know how you are... keep the focus. How do you focus for a game like that? You're basically thrilled by the commercials at that point. Is Russell Wilson going to finish the season with 15 touchdowns? Yes, but I don't think Nathaniel Hackett should. No. So right oh. now, right now, I just want to give you this. Russell Wilson has thrown eight touchdowns in five interceptions. Eight touchdowns in what? 12, 12 games. games. So I, I think they should fire Hackett now. Because Ajiro Averro is their defensive coordinator. He's going to get a job somewhere. Mm -hmm. At this point, make him the interim head coach. See if he can get a hold of the locker room and squeeze something out of this. And if he's good enough and he plays, if he, if he coaches well enough as the, as the head coach, keep him. 
because like he that the Broncos defense is so good and it's so sad to see like what should be a good offense just floundering. So I'd fire Hackett right now, let Avero coach the rest of the year and then reassess at the end of the season. But you got to get rid of Hackett now. This is it's just too many weeks, man. It's not going to get better. No, it's not going to get better. And and we've started to see teams kind of turn it around as well. Like Vegas is starting to turn it around. The Mandos are starting to turn it around. But Denver has not turned that corner where at least the offense is competent. Like it's the lowest scoring defense in the league, coupled with the lowest scoring offense in the league. And you have to wonder like if – like what changes have not been made right now? And the one you could think to right now is either the offensive coordinator needs to be let go or Dan or Nathaniel Hackett, but it's Hackett's offense. And I, I believe Hackett's calling plays. No, they took that away from him already. Jesus fucking Christ. And they also I mean, hired like a, on the wall then. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't call plays anymore. They hired somebody to like manage the games. Like what the fuck does this guy do now? By the way, this is what I've always said about offensive head coaches. Never call plays originally. No. Because you want to be able to say, like, oh, I'm going to, like, right now, Brian Dable, smart to give Mike Kafka plays because now it gives him an out to be like, I'm going to take that away. I'm taking control now. If you start out with it and then they delineate to somebody else, you're already fucked. So, yeah. Not ideal. And you could start every year like, hey, we have a new offensive coordinator. I want to give them the autonomy to manage the game on their own, like let them call plays. And you could start every year like I'm not calling plays. I'm letting somebody else do it. And like push comes to shove, you can come in and take that off their hands. But like you never want that one strike to be like, well, they don't let him call plays anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I, don't, I just don't know what you do there because <laughs> Russell, Russell looks cooked. He does look so cooked. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. Because they owe him like two hundred million dollars, dude. And the, Wal- the Waltons, so the Waltons bad, own that fam- that team now. So fuck them. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that doesn't even matter. Like they can't just pay this problem to go away. Like no. it's on the cap for like the next five years. So they are trapped in this contract with Russell Wilson. <laughs> and nobody's buying those fucking danger witches to solve this problem either. Be careful though. It's spicy. Uh, it's I, so good. I just don't know what you like. Cause like, yeah, though you're right. The Raiders seem like they've kind of gotten back on track a little bit. I mean, they're still um, not where they should be considering no. the talent on that team too. No, but they are, they are playing much better than they have. It's not, it's still not great. And like, you know, but they did beat the Chargers yesterday. They're five and seven now. They're not, I don't think they're technically out of it yet. Um, they're just going to have to run, fucking run, you know, run the table. Like, oh, what a fucking, what an amazing concept. Throw the ball at Devontae Adams a lot and good things happen. Like, it's not fucking rocket science. It is amazing it took them that long to figure this out. Holy well, that, shit. That's just because Josh McDaniels was, really trying to improve on his best Belichick impersonation on the sidelines. The only thing that's saving them is that Josh Jacobs is going absolutely fucking bananas Dude, every single fucking He's year. got moves, man. Like I, I some of those some of these highlight reels of him cutting it up like he's he doesn't have a ton of like he's he's very much a north south runner but like right. 
he'll get this like one move and it will help him bust for an that extra, one like, cut 12 yards. Yeah. I always have that one move that helps me bust too. <laughs> You're disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I need a bath after that comment. <laughs> there was um I don't know who was making this comment, um, but somebody said it where it was Q and we're all filthier for it. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. that. But they were alluding to like there are oh, I think they were talking about Brian Dayball, where like because he was on Saban's staff and then he was on Belichick's staff, like he has done a really good job of just like accumulating like good habits that certain coaches have had. But he's been around so many other good coaches that he has not fallen into the classic Belichick coaching tree where they all try to replicate him and they all end up being fail sons. Whereas Dayball yeah. has gone from Saban to Belichick to um, who's the guy in Buffalo? Can't remember his name. Um, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. Yeah. And he's been able to like build his own identity and take the parts that work and leave the parts that don't aside he- where – the goons he, never have able to figure. It he out. got humbled pretty early in his career because he went. He was the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator for a couple of years during the Matt Castle years. Yeah, and then in twenty in like twenty thirteen, he was the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins, and I think Matt Moore was the quarterback. Yeah, so he got a lot of blame for being like a bad offensive coordinator because he was like had garbage quarterbacks. He slummed it in New England for a couple of years. I think he was like the tight ends coach or something. Like just like really like low level on the staff and then bama calls him in 2018 he goes there they win the national title that was the the jalen hurts uh to a game yep where jalen hurts gets benched in the fucking in the game Tua comes in throws that fucking bomb and then they end up winning um then it goes to buffalo and josh allen you freaked me out gato the rest (laughs) is history as they say (laughs) uh but but so it's he's getting tested though because a couple of Giants players have been kind of mouthy on Twitter. Um, mouthy Tay Crowder basically said, Free me now, which could mean either start me or release me. I don't know. I think it meant like he wants to play, but he fucking stinks. And Rodarius Williams, uh, was liking a bunch of comments that people were posting on his Twitter page, basically saying like the coaching staff sucks and this, this, and that. So um, yeah, he's gonna have to manage those. So the Giants are are free falling as expected. Free I'd like, fall. I'd like to point out the last guy the Giants got rid of midseason who was bitching and moaning, and that was um, Young Joka, who has also done nothing since. Kid really. Darius, Young Joka. Because I also remember the Chiefs losing yesterday and not hearing much from. The youngest of jokers. Oh, he's out. Oh, shocker. Did, did I not fucking say on this fucking podcast that Kadarius Tony was going to have a game where he tricks you and he's like, oh, man, look at that. Oh, my God. He's amazing. He's so fast. And now he's missed the last three fucking weeks with a hamstring injury. Fucking shocking. God, they're made out of fucking chicken skin, aren't they? He he, he reminds me of... Uh... That scene in the office where uh, Daryl and Jim are sitting with the uh, the baseball player, and he's just like, 
he's like telling him all the things that he can do or he wants to do and he he like wrote a script and it's for like it's basically a biopic but it's like set in like star wars and he's like i'm i'm gonna need you to get the rights to like uh darth vader can you do that for me and they're like yeah yeah we'll see what we could do <laughs> uh, yeah sure get rid of this guy oh, was that ryan howard was that what it is was that is ryan howard was the baseball player i can't remember yeah i think so yeah <laughs> yeah jesus christ yeah i mean I, I the giants have been vindicated already for getting rid of him so anything uh, else to talk about from the ns fellosphere uh, I... lamar what happened to lamar what'd you I do said get well, i said get well soon yeah i hope he keeps talking shit to stupid fans on twitter too i love it and he got reprimanded by the Ravens because, you know, nobody on the Ravens has ever done anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ray Lewis, perfect citizen. I lost that T-shirt with blood all over it. <laughs> Who amongst us has never lost? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask another question. And I was going to be like, I got to delete all of this. It's <laughs> I don't even, even want to know. All right. Anything else? Assholes. Oh, I do have one thing. All right. It's not the Mandos. It's the Durs. Just straight up Durs. Like Thurs, Durs. Gatto, the morality police are outside of your house right now. Just get up, go outside, and go quietly. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go rooting for the Durs on the way out. <laughs> you just yelling, go Durs in the police station. Go Durs! Go, go Durs! Durs! You know it would be funny if Gatto lived the film The Fugitive. Like, <laughs> he's on the bus that crashes, and it's running with, like, the... He's cuffed from the arms and legs, and he's running, and the train gets smashed up, and before you know it, he's out there restoring his good name. Yeah, I like that. I'm in. <laughs> okay, good. We'll film it next summer. <laughs> Coming to you in 2020, well, four after we finish editing everything. No, nah, it's going to be raw cut. That's right. right. The rough cut. All right, Tom. assholes. Let's go to assholes. Tom, start us off. Oh, man. I don't have a lot of assholes. Um, it's hard to really figure out at this point um, on my side, because there hasn't been anybody that's really upset me or bothered me in the last couple of weeks or the last week. So. Hmm. All right. So I have nobody right. I think we can all generally, I think we can all generally say, don't be an asshole and vote in Georgia. And otherwise you will be, if, if Herschel Walker becomes a Senator, you will be the, 2023 asshole of the year. Yeah, you will be I the mean, premium. You will be the premium asshole if that's the case. Do, do you guys really think he's like? I'm trying to figure out what the margin he loses by is. Like, I don't see him even. Not to derail us, but but actress Kirstie Alley just died. Kirstie Alley. Oh, no. Interesting. Yep. She's that probably is. older than than you would think. But seventy one. Seventy one. Yeah, uh, that's not that old. Uh, she had cancer, apparently. Well, that will do it to you. That's sad. I know that she had a lot of things going on. So. But again, things keep fucking happening 
during <laughs> our I'm starting to think like we record. like yeah it's like there's always some kind of like breaking news story that comes out. That's why if like I'm sitting here and I'm not talking for a while, it's because I'm probably just refreshing the word SCOTUS into Google to see what pops up. Yeah, that oh that... so Sam I got Alito. assholes from Sam Alito would just be my like default like asshole of the week for basically all the things that he said in this uh court case that they're hearing now. Yeah, so uh, I was actually going to say like that was going to be my asshole of the week. It can um, be yours. I have ordained you. We can the, the owner of we, that asshole. How about we just like combine our uh, power and we call this a tie? Like yep, Sunday. that's fair. There we go. I think that's yeah. In 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 honor of the commanders and the giants, I think we'll we'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it seems like they're they, apparently they seem poised to uh, to rule with the web designer. All right, good for them. Fucking hassles. I it's just I yeah. It's uh it it's just amazing that like this this quote unquote <laughs> independent body can just overturn things whenever they seem fit. It's just it's so antiquated and it's so fucking anti democratic that it's just it's ridiculous at the point. These are not elected officials, and yet I mean, they can overrule every single fucking person. They're political appointees. Like, what's the deal? Yeah, when you go out of your way to create a system that is deliberately sided in one direction, it's just there's no actual law of fairness here. There's no rule of there's never really a, a rule of of you know fair justice that was going on here. And and I would argue law in general is never actually fair, but the problem is that it's also kind of gross and cringy because it's politically based rulings and it's not like just because like it's the minutia of like elite like legal doctrine you know what i mean like it it's one thing it's one thing if it's one way versus the other but it's just sam alito's gross so so clarence thomas basically made the argument that this is not a restaurant or a riverboat this is a custom web design but this is how this fucking shit starts though but, but let me ask you something if if uh you know like his his people from the January 6th insurrection show up and they say oh we want to have a QAnon wedding can they now deny them too technically yes if you say it's <laughs> against your religion but like <laughs> but imagine but you're going to have to def- like it's going to go to court but like yeah it, it just this is my question becomes though is like for big for big like metropolis is like new york city you say fuck you i'll go with somebody else who gives a shit but when you live in like a rural town that is like an 80 percent trump district and all of a sudden your basic amenities start getting fucking sniped off because you're a gay couple that's where this is going to eventually affect those people not people who are living like in you know major cities or anything like that but the problem is they try and apply these principles to every single fucking person in the country, and it just doesn't work that way. So now, yeah, maybe people in major cities won't be affected by it. I hope not. I hope no one's affected by this, but it it's going to be poised to affect somebody. I think it's just that we all know when we see something that's wrong and we let the wrong thing continue to go on, and that's really the bigger thing here it's like we need to get out of this like 
Like, where does one person... Like, the problem with this issue is, like, where does one person's rights start and one person's rights end? That's mm-hmm. a good question. And I think the frustrating part is for a political party that's so fixated on, like, what's morally right, they're so morally wrong about this. Or bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Kentucky Brown Jackson, she basically asked a question to the lawyer and said... Well, what if like a photographer in a mall wants only white kids to be sitting on Santa's lap? Can he say that like my religious exemptions are clear that he's an independent person, but there's only one person to maybe only have one mall in your fucking town. Does mm-hmm. that person allow have that precedent? Like it just it just starts chipping away at this shit. And it's it's just gross. And and, I, and you get lost in the minutia too. Like now we're lost in the weeds. We have to create like hypothetical situations to have these lawyers explain it. When in reality, it's like this is fucking discrimination on its face. Like why don't you just admit like you don't want certain people to have the same rights as others? Correct. And frankly, like Sam Alito, I don't know where he Gross. took that. Like senator palpatine approach to like governing now but i would have to think like john roberts who's like center right is kind of like what the fuck is wrong with this guy like they were supposed and frankly the republicans have made themselves out to be like the like the intelligent ones who don't make drastic decisions like but you're now being led by somebody who is like a fucking lunatic when it comes to like how these arguments are being made. You got it exactly right there, Tom. Cause it's like, it's like, you know, you're sitting here and, and it's like, this is, this is exactly what you rally against the other side doing all the time is like, you know, being this bleeding heart type of individual that like, you know, they, they want to do what's like right in their mind. It's, it's fucking only on the emotional level. And I think that it's going to work against them though, because Every time that one of these, like, you know, uh, one of these decisions come out, um, we've run into this thing where I think everyone just sees them as, like, these villains that must go. And, like, that reminds everybody of, like, the potential harm that Republicans can do. And it reminds you why Trump should never get elected again. And so all that does is just refresh in that wound and... I think if, people are hypercritical of it too now because of what has happened. If a poll eventually starts coming out that packing courts gets above 50%, you can bet that Democrats will start running on it. Because um, Ober- it's there. Oberfell is next, by the way. They're going for Ober- this is clearly setting, a, setting the precedent to revisit Oberfell and overturn that. And, you know, just start chipping away at everything as much as they can before they finally get checked. And again, FDR, this is why FDR was like the goat of presidents and ultimately why Biden, like, this is why what sucks. He was a throat goat of liberty. (laughs) God damn it, Gatto. What the fuck? (laughs) I was just trying to figure out a good name for this episode. <laughs> the throat goat of liberty. <laughs> the Glock Lock 9000. <laughs> Jesus 
fucking Christ. Our ancestors. <laughs> 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 yeah, but FDR is like oh. smoking smoking a cigarette with like the like the extendo piece oh, to it. Like interesting. Look here, she love that idea. Put yeah. it in all the papers. Well, listen, you know, like we could we could talk about the the failures of the education system, but back then they they died from fucking you know a scrape on their knee. So whatever, they didn't have penicillin proper. Well, he died from a stroke. So <laughs> anyway. Um, the fucking throat go to liberty. God damn it! That is fucking uh, good words. <laughs> Put it in the fucking Louvre. There was a there was a time in which spray painted the... across the fucking Mona Lisa. <laughs> throat goat. I believe our work here is done. So Roll credits. There was a time in which, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> You, hear, you heard it here first, boys. Liberty is for all. Extra, yeah, extra. Read out about it. Throat go to liberty wins re-election four times. <laughs> liberty is not about standing on your feet. It's about being we cannot on your allow liberty to go unglocked. We need to get both hand action on it right away. This is bipartisan. Get... This is bipartisanship, by the way. It needs to be. A, it needs to be a wrap around approach that the fully... two hand, the two hand Glock Glock nine thousand is bipartisanship, guys. It's yeah. There will be an incredible amount of suction, and it will be the sound of freedom that releases you. <laughs> Churn oh. that butter, baby. Churn that butter. God damn it. All right. So, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. When the new deal. What was were we passed, even talking about? We were talking about FD. We were talking about FDR. <laughs> and the fucking goddamn it, Franklin <laughs> When the new deal was passed, there was a threat at the Supreme Court at that time that they were going to overturn it. He threatened them with again. No one knew if he could pull it off politically or just constitutionally, whether or not he could actually pack the courts because like that's what he threatened to do. And they fucking pulled back and they they stepped they like step aside. And that's one of the biggest legislative victories in this country's history. So if Joe Biden can say if these guys fucking start pulling this shit, like I'm just gonna start packing the courts, maybe they relent a little bit. Probably not. They're fucking they're insane people, but like I think we should just pack the court anyway. But anyway. The thing is though, is like the the further down this pathway that you go absolutely goading people um the further down this pathway you go where the way that the law is interpreted is very very narrow and it only benefits one side it's the further you start to push away like everybody in the middle so they can continue to do this the unfortunate reality is like the less universal decisions you come to that benefits everybody the fewer people are going to end up voting for the party that's in power so i'd be curious to see like in 10 years like what the lingering effect of that is we could all be dead in 10 years too i i do like your your image of an oral caucus um <laughs> fucking god damn it uh, <laughs> fucking menace <laughs> this man <laughs> comes into this podcast <laughs> comes Storms the podcast 
and hits us with the throat coat of liberty and then just throws up the deuces and runs away. <laughs> he's like a he's like a sex toy Batman right now. <laughs> Imagine if Batman was like about to fight like a fucking drug dealer and all of a sudden he just pulls out like a giant dildo and hits him in the face with it. You know those throwing stars that were shaped like the Batman symbol? Mm. It's just like he sticks like a dildo to the wall. <laughs> Where is the throat coat? Where is he? <laughs> that's Do I look like a throat coat? I, I was actually going to say that's kind of like the 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 scene where uh, Heath Ledger takes the pencil and he does the trick. Make it disappear. <laughs> My father was a throat coat. <laughs> Mom did not like that. Not one bit. <laughs> One day, <laughs> oh god, That's good though. That did sound like him. Thank you, <laughs> Joker here. Patriot Radio, Second Mouth Podcast. <laughs> Sounds quite menacing. God, oh, you're a sick fuck. I may be evil, but I know a sick fuck when I see one. Let's show everyone who you really are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's put a dildo on that forehead. (laughs) (laughs) My mother was not a throat coat. My father didn't like that. Not one bit. You know what's great about Q's Q's like uh, impersonation there is it also could work for like a really coked up uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think anyone's referring to Martin Sheen as the throat goat, though. I could be wrong. I mean, do you ever watch The West Wing? He was the throat goat of he was the throat goat of Liberty. That's yeah, fair. He was President Bartlett. He was. He was throating those goats. Stun on them hoes, King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to do picks or are we just need to leave? Oh, God. Watch uh, Shaq documentary. Um, really into it. It looks like it's going to be in the same style as The Last Dance. Uh, so I'm into it. Watch it. Um, okay. Uh, mine is Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery. Please go watch it. I have nothing else to say. The throat goat killed me. Did you see it yet? Because it's not on Netflix yet. Um, no, but it's releasing I think at around some Christmas. Point. I think around yeah. Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. So just prepare your bodies. Honestly, The Throat Goat of Liberty has kind of just wiped my memory clean. Yeah. So I got Do you have any other fucking brain worms to give? <laughs> I mean, I was going to talk about A Very Violent Night. Uh, Violent Night looks like a great movie. Looking forward to it. Who doesn't love a little mayhem and Christmas all in one? Some actual nutcracking might occur. Oh, that's the... Good times. What do you call it? Uh, The Santa movie? Yeah. I I will say people have said it's it's pretty good. Like it's not movie. It's not a movie where you need to like take a lot of substance with the story. You just kind of have to enjoy it. I'm a big David Harbour fan, so I'm definitely yeah. into that. I um, damn fucking throat go to liberty. God I heard that it. John Leguizamo was pretty like bad in it, though. So I'm I'm not a fan. I'm also not shocked. I the high point of need... his career was the Super Mario's movie. It's a me. 
Grande Quizamo! And the Truco to the Mushrooms! Alright, we've, we've, we've ruined it. it. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's How did you fault. kill that so fast? So, Gato, Most Violent Night, where where can we find that? It's in the movie theater? I, yeah, movie theaters. Um, Yeah, you know, a bunch of people running around with boomsticks. You know, actually, be a good time. Actually, you know what looks really good that I'm interested in? The the HBO Max The Last of Us looks really good. Yeah, um, tough tough sledding with uh, video game adaptations. They always end up being, like, problems. But it actually looks like, number one, it seems... Uh, a lot of people have been saying it looks very close to the source material, and uh, it looks. I love. Um, I can't. What's the name of the actor in, in that? I can't remember his name. He's. Uh, Is it Pedro Pascal? Pedro Pascal, Game of Thrones, and Narcos, and all that, and then uh, two Game of Thrones people because she was um, also in Game of Thrones. The uh, the actress, the mm. young actress, she was uh, the Mormont, the little like the. When Jon Snow is trying to round troops to take oh, back that girl. Yeah, she's yeah, the little yeah, girl yeah. that like is like shit talking people. So yeah. she, she was great she, in that. She just told a bunch of lords to man up. Yeah, she'd be like, "Yeah, I'm fucking man up, you asshole." So yeah, I'm 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 into it. I uh, I can't wait to see what that looks like. I don't I know it's zombie. I don't know like what the origins of it are though. So I think it's it's a little bit less than what The Walking Dead was. Like the zombies have a part in it, but it's more of like um, Pedro Pascal's character as Joel is trying to get Bella Ramsey's Ellie character from one location to the other, and it's more about just like his relationship with this child that's not his and some of the challenges that have come with that. And again, like it's like a survival story. And I think it's obviously it's, it's on HBO. So it's going to be a little bit harder and heavier hitting than walk of um, the walking dead, which was probably on for about nine seasons too long. it feels like it's going to be like a serious version of Zombieland, where like Nick Offerman's in it too. So, oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it actually funny then? No, it's it's a serious. Um, He's taken on some more serious roles uh, lately. So he was in that other thing that I saw that was awesome, uh, the resort. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm into it. I think it come. I think that's starting in 2023 though. So yeah. Um, I just saw a trailer for it. It dropped over the weekend. It it comes out January fifteenth. So okay, so pretty pretty early into the new year. Cool. Yeah, waiting patiently for the last episode. Actually, Gato, do you know if there's a, a one more episode of um, the Peripheral? I believe there is one more. Okay, it, is it? It, it might have dropped this weekend or maybe next weekend. I forget. They might I have think... done like a two week wait for the final episode. Okay. But I believe there's eight or nine episodes, and I think they released seven, right? Yeah. Because um, I think I watched eight. I'm hoping that there's a ninth one. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, if if they ended with where I last watched, I was like, I would have been pissed because that's not the way you end a, a season. Exactly. I'm going I'm to start that soon because you guys seem to like it. So it's. It begs. It, it's kept me involved and interested more than anything else I've watched recently. So nice. Shit rips. All right, Rip. fuck faces. You got anything else? Uh, jingle all, right. all the way, motherfuckers. 
All right. Well, that does it for us here on the Second Mouse Podcast, a.k.a. the stands <laughs> of the throat goat of freedom and liberty and all things the American way. I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about that the rest of the night. No, it's trapped in my brain forever. But um, do us a favor. Um, our most recent episode has also dropped as well, um, where we talk about Big Hat Energy, which is a fantastic episode. So do us a favor. When you're listening to this, go back in time. Listen to that as well. And then follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. We still have the offer out there to give us Patreon money, and Anthony Gatto will come to your house and insult your 401k. The offer still stands. <laughs> he will uh, He'll also come to your house and give you a nickname. Something We, we, we have no guarantee whether you're going to like the nickname or not, yeah. but you will get one. I could tell you my dream job would actually be people pay me large sums of money to just stare at them and come up with like a name that will haunt them for the rest of their life. Well, you've done that on this show. So thank you. Yeah. Throw go to Liberty. will be on my gravestone one day. Oh, it will be here lies. I'm going to pay extra to make sure that happens. (laughs) Night, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Let's get me a rhythm. And then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow. (laughs)